0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from one of our pastors. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Morning, everybody. My name is Nick. Um, I am the student pastor here at Gateway. Uh, quick update on Pastor Don. He wanted me to tell you guys that he is getting better. He's dealing with a sickness right now. Um, he went to the doctor this week and he did find out. Um, he is very, he, for, for the next week, he is very contagious. So him and Mary are laying low. She's still healing, of course, from her ankle, uh, but he is on the mend, feeling better, getting, getting better, um, and looks forward to the point where he's not contagious. And he does plan um, on being back up here next, next Sunday. The good news for me is that uh, he gave me more of a heads up than 6.30, like our last week's speaker. Uh, so I do really appreciate that I was given, which camera am I, am I on? Thank you, Pastor Don. I appreciate not 6.30. Uh, so I had a couple of days to, to get ready. And it's a great joy to be here with you guys. I hope, as Bart said earlier, I do hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving, a happy Thanksgiving, good turkey day uh, with your family. Um, and I hope it was a, a, a sweet, sweet time of um, fellowship there. We're in Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8. Uh, um, and there, there is a lot of Garnet out there, which I do appreciate, as my next story will tell you guys. And for you Clemson fans out there, I, do ha- I have one joke later, uh, but only one, I promise. I have one Carolina Clemson joke, but it's like a once-in-a-decade opportunity. So please grant me the grace. Uh, Grant me the grace for one joke later on, but spoiler alert, that's coming. Um, But I do want to tell you guys a story before we hop into into Romans chapter 8, a story of one of the weirdest, strangest, um, yet awesome days of my life. I'm married and have a kid, so it's not like one or two, but it's definitely like top five up there of just the strangest but but nicest days that I've ever had. And it was just kind of like a random like Thursday a couple of years back. And I just remember I was sitting at church, sitting uh, in the office, just getting stuff done. And, and all I really remember of this day looking back, was was kind of just dreary, like kind of like this morning, you know, it was kind of dreary. Uh, I was feeling kind of down and out. Um. And it all revolves around, like I, was just, like, I was just kind of missing one of my buddies. Uh, I was missing him. I haven't seen him in a while. And, and I tell students this all the time like, you guys hang out with your friends all the time now. When you get to 30 like I am, you're lucky if you see your buddies like once a month. And so you miss you miss your friends, right? And so I, I just remember I was sitting in my office, uh, me and him, I missed each other a couple times just with different things and life being busy. But I remember thinking, like, man, I could really, I, could, I really need to spend time with my buddy. And lo and behold, around, around lunch, like, right before lunch my buddy calls me um, and he just says nick i got tickets to the to a carolina basketball game tonight Uh, my plans fell through and i really want you to come and i was like oh sweet dude i was just thinking about you this is exactly what i need Uh, of course i want to go with you to the to the carolina basketball game tonight and so we met downtown Went into the Coliseum, and at the time, this buddy had season tickets, and he had pretty good, pretty good seats. For me, if you're, you know, in the stadium, it's a good seat. But he had like lower bowl, kind of upper middle tickets, and so it was awesome. So I, I was there. I was getting to spend time with my friend who I was missing. Uh, we were in, ready to see some Carolina basketball. And right when we get to our seats, he gets a text from his boss, from his employer. And he, said, and he looks at me and says, hey, Nick, I don't know what's going on, but, but, but my boss wants us to meet him um, outside this gate. And I was like, all right, well, what's going on? He goes, I don't really know, but he wants us to meet us there. Do, do you want to go or we can stay here? I was like, hey man, it's your boss. You know, you, you make the call. He said, let's, let's go see what's going on. And so we, leave, we stand up, we leave our seats and we go meet this fella um, outside one of the gates. And we go and meet him and, and, one th- and he just says to us, hey, I actually have some openings in the Carolina club, uh, the VIP lounge, whatever you want to call it. And I want, and if you guys want to come in, you're welcome to. And now I didn't know, I didn't know what this was. I had no idea. And I just kind of look at my friend and he looks at me and he was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, all right, let's go. And so we go in and if you don't know what this is, I had no idea. It is a land or a room full of like free hot dogs, free soda, uh, all the bold peanuts your heart can imagine. And just all this food just kind of set out. Now, uh, I wish I could stand here before you today and say that I acted like I'd been there before, but I did not. And here's how my brain works: in my brain, I'm thinking I've been to a lot of Carolina games over the years. I've been to a lot of, you know, basketball, football, all these different things. And I've spent a lot of money at concessions over the years. This is my night to get this money back. You know what I mean? And so I said, "This I'm playing with house money. Let's go." and you know 50 feet down the down the walkway you know hot dogs and a drink are like sixteen dollars so if i hopefully i did my math right if i'm right i i hit triple digits that night i ate at least a hundred dollars worth of hot dogs and soda and all these different things. And it was, it was a great evening. We're, and, J- and my buddy always gets to the stadiums early. I don't know why. He always gets there. Every concert and game we go to, we get there like two hours before. And I'm like, dude, why are we sitting here? And so we got there. We got to fully enjoy this land of hot dogs and soda. Um, and eventually, you know, it was getting time to tip off. And Um, He looks at me and says, hey, I'm just gonna go say thank you to my boss. This has been awesome. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I wanna say thank you too. So we go and say thank you. And we're heading out of the VIP room. And again, his boss grabs us and says, hey guys, um, the, the people beside me actually aren't at the game tonight do you guys wanna come sit with me? Now, in my head, I'm thinking more hot dogs, more soda. So sweet, anything this guy says, I'm down. And so, I, so, you know, I looked at my buddy again and he says, yeah, let's go, let's go. And so we follow him through this tunnel and we're, I remember we were going down and I remember thinking like, where, where, where is there that's down? And I actually have a photo of where we ended up sitting for that game. And we were, sit, we were sitting, right behind the old ref, right on the court. And in my head, I'm like, this is awesome. And I don't, I don't know how you feel about Frank Martin, um, but what I can tell you is that we were like real close and everything you think he's saying is being said. And <laughs> the intensity level, is very very high. We we actually locked eyes one time, and I got goosebumps. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's terrifying," and so we were we were sitting very 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 close, and it was and it was just an awesome experience. And, you know, we thanked I thanked my buddy, we thanked um, his employer, we we did it all, and so it, it was a good it was a good night. And the reason I tell you this cheesy pastor story um, is not because it was just a simply awesome day. And it, it, the reason I tell you this story is because when I'm sitting in my office, just kind of feeling down and out. There is no way I could have written you a script or written out what my day would look like to get me from where I was to where I ended up being. And this is like the closest example I can give you. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize everything, but it's the closest example I can give you to how the Holy Spirit is constantly working behind the scenes in our life for our good, for our benefit. Romans chapter 8, if I were to summarize the whole thing, it's that we have a Holy Spirit living inside of us that is constantly working for our benefit. And we don't always see it all the time. We don't always understand it all the time. But what that means is that I don't believe in luck. Like I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in karma. But I believe that there's a God who is sovereign or in control over everything that is constantly working for the believer's good, for my good. And that's, and that's what Scripture teaches. That's what Scripture informs us of. And because we serve a God who's in control of everything, who is sovereign over everything, who is constantly working out for our good, what that means and what I want us to be encouraged of today is because Scripture teaches that, and we're going to see it in Romans 8, Because he's constantly working and constantly in control, that means that our past, our present, and our future are secure and safe in the hands of God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. That's what I want us to see. And so if you open up to Romans chapter 8, we're going to be in in verses 26 through 28. But I I can't open up to Romans 8 without giving you guys some of my favorite verses. And a lot of these are ones you've heard before. In Romans 8, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, you received a spirit of adoption through which we cry out, Abba, Father. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And the and a, a last verse that I love in, in there is, if God is for us, who can be against us? So like I said, Romans, Romans chapter 8 kind of leads us down this path that we, that God did on our behalf what we could never do for ourselves. And that is he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to defeat sin, to defeat death. And in, and in Christ's death and resurrection, what that means for us is that we are taken from our flesh, taken from our, our dead selves, as Romans 8 says, And when the lifeblood of Jesus is applied to our lives, what that means is that we are given a new life. And so Jesus came in, did what we can never do, saved us from our sins, saved us from, uh, fixed the problem of sin, so that we can have a relationship with God. And in doing so, Romans 8 says that we are given the Holy Spirit, which is a person of the Trinity, which means that it is God is living inside of us. And so we're given this new spirit, this new life That lives inside of us. And that brings us to Romans 8, verse 26, where we start to see what the Holy Spirit is doing behind the scenes for our good. And and 26 says this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, like this verse, like I'm sure all the, all the rest of the verses, if you spent any time in church, I'm sure you've heard a couple, uh, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard these verses before, but this morning, before I get to what it means for us, there are some things that I do want to explain we need to know from these verses. And, and, and the first big thing I think we need to know from these verses is that the Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for us, and, and just like I said, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, and as these verses describe in 26 and 27, what these verses explain and show us is that as God the Father searches our hearts, looks into our hearts, looks into our minds, looks into our thoughts, part of what the Holy Spirit, which resides within the believer, part of what the Holy Spirit does is communicate with God the Father on our behalf. And that's in the terrible times where we have no idea what to say, where we have no idea what to pray, where we have no idea what to feel. And that's also in, I think, the joyous times where we're not even praying. But a Holy Spirit resides within the believer and is communicating with God behind the scenes on our behalf, which is a crazy thing to think about because if you peek into what other religions say about communicating with God, there are religions that say to communicate with God, you need to talk to the right person and that person will communicate to God on your behalf. There are other religions that talk about if you want to communicate with God, you need to memorize this prayer, face a certain direction, and say the exact right thing for God to hear you. There are other religions that say uh, you you can't even speak to God, but somebody else has to do it for you. And the crazy thing of what Romans 8 teaches is that even when we're not communicating with God directly, the Holy Spirit is doing it for us. And so the beautiful thing is, it's not on us to say the right things. It's not on us to talk to the right person. Even when we have no idea what to say or what we need, The Holy Spirit is talking to God and saying, here's what this brother in Christ needs. Here's what this sister in Christ needs. Here's what Nick needs. And for me, that just takes the pressure off my shoulders to say the right things, to pray the right things, to know the will of God. But I have confidence in what scripture teaches, which is that the Holy Spirit is always communicating to God on our behalf for our good. And that's incredibly encouraging. The second thing, the second thing, and I have a story for this one too. The second thing is that all things work together for good. All things work together for good. And if you're like me, you've heard this verse quoted in, in tough times and hard times. Maybe you've heard it quoted in times where you're, you're just not sure what's going to happen. Maybe it's the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, certain, certain things like that. And the, the tough thing to come to terms with about this verse and this phrase, all things work together for good is that sometimes our good and God's good aren't aligning. They aren't hitting up. And I have a toddler. His name is Gus. Uh, he's almost two. He's like a year. I don't speak in months. I can't. But he's like a little over a year and a half. Um, and Catherine does all the grocery shopping in our house. And one thing that uh, Catherine was, apparently she was feeling generous one, one day because she went to Sam's Club. And she brought back home a toddler's like dream, right? She brought back And some of you guys may know this. I remember this from my VBS days. She brought back a whole barrel full of fruit snacks. All right? Just a whole barrel full. I think they're called smileys. I see some nods out there. You know what the smileys are. And Gus had never had a fruit snack before. And you guys know part of being a new parent is you get to introduce your kids to new things. And it's exciting. And so we gave Gus one fruit snack, just like one single one. And he was saying like, more, 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 more. And we're like, all right, we gave him another. He ate, in his first sit down with his fruit snacks, he had three bags of fruit snacks. And, here's, and it didn't take him long before he figured out how to say, and this is how he says it. He says, fruit snack, fruit snack, daddy, fruit snack. And here's, here's what happened. We put the fruit snacks on top of the fridge. <laughs> we put the fruit snacks on top of the fridge and we'd sit him down in his high chair for, for breakfast. And I'd say, hey, you know, Gus, it's 6.30 in the morning. Hey, Gus, here's your eggs. Here's your oatmeal. And he'd look at me and go, no. And I was like, Gus, what do you mean? You love eggs. Here's your eggs. And he says, no. Fruit snacks, daddy. (laughs) And I'd say, Gus, buddy, you can't have fruit snacks. at 6.30 in the morning. You need to eat this eggs and oatmeal. And he looked at me and said, fruit snacks. (laughs) And I would say, no, buddy, you can't do this. Sit down for dinner. Hey, Gus, here's your chicken. Here's your nuggets. You need to eat these. Nope, daddy, fruit snacks. What? What are you talking about? And he would walk up to the fridge, point at the barrel of fruit snacks, and all that little kid wanted to eat was fruit snacks for like a week. Finally, we wised up. We took the fruit snacks off the fridge, hit them in the garage so we couldn't see it anymore. And as far as Gus knows, fruit snacks don't exist. But <laughs> here's the thing. For Gus, it's a, it was really, really good for him to get those hands on those fruit snacks, That's what he wanted. That was good for him. He decided that was breakfast, lunch, supper, all of it, fruit snacks. But if I take that kid to the doctor after a week or two of eating only fruit snacks, you know where this is going. His teeth would be falling out. He would probably not be in the healthiest state. I'd probably get DSS called on me because I'm only feeding my kid fruit snacks what he needs. But part of being a parent is giving your child not only uh, what they want, what they think is good, but is giving them what is actually good for them, chicken, vegetables, all these things that they don't want. And when we look at these verses and we think about our good versus God's good, like I wonder how much we come to God and say, hey, here's the fruit snacks I want. I want this car, I want this job, I want this paycheck, I want this relationship, I want all these things. This is good to me, Let, let's make this happen. And when it doesn't align with what God wants, we get frustrated that he's not doing what we think is best, but what God's saying is like, hey, more than the job, more than the car, more than the relationship, I know what is best for you. And in the good things, and even in the bad things, good will always come if it's God's good. And here's just a big general picture of what God's good is, spending more time with him, having a closer relationship with God. Um, giving your life over to Jesus, and aligning your life to look more and more like what Jesus did and what Jesus said. Um, Getting rid of sin in our lives, and and tearing these things down that we have confidence and pride in that distract us from fully relying on Jesus. becoming more and more holy, and one day, our ultimate glorification, where we're given a brand new body and we get to spend time in front of the throne of God, the throne of Jesus. That That's what good looks like to God, and what's what's on us, what's on our mind, and what we struggle with is aligning what our good is with the Father's good, and even if that good is sometimes hard to see on, on this earth, we have confidence and we trust in that God's good will ultimately come about. And the final thing from these verses that I want us to focus on is that we are called for his purpose. We are called for his purpose. If you look at the, the final verse, it says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And my great encouragement and what I, what I glean from that is that nothing here happens on accident that nothing in our lives is just, is random. It's not by like random chance that we're here. It's not, it's not just like, you know, we're, we're floating through this life and just things happen, but that God actually has a purpose, that God has a plan. And even when we can't see the next step, even if we don't know exactly what tomorrow or next week or next month or next year is gonna look like, we can trust that God has a plan and that God is gonna bring about his plan in our lives and in the world and, the, and the, what we got to work on and what I have to work on, just like aligning my good with God's good is aligning my plan with God's plan. And so we have to ask, are we in this life for our purpose, for what we want, for what we desire to see, or are we willing to hand over our purpose, hand over our lives to God to do with it what he will. We are called for his purpose. Nothing happens by accident. And so if we believe, that there is a sovereign God whose control of everything, his Holy Spirit is is living in us behind the scenes, constantly working for our good. One thing I think we need to talk about, one thing I think we need to ask ourselves is, so what does this mean for us today? How does this inform our lives in the here and now? And what encouragement can I give you as you walk out of this room knowing that there's a God of control, constantly working for your good. I think that means a couple things about our past, present and future. And I want to give you guys some encouragement. And the first is that your past has a purpose. Your past has a purpose. And here's, here's the big lie. And this, this is like a forming thought that I'm working on right now. So forgive me if I don't get it exactly right. My wife would say, don't say it, but I'm going to plow through. Um, <laughs> your past has a purpose. And here's the big lie I see in today's culture, and especially amongst today's students right now, is that your past actually defines you. The lie from culture is that your past defines you, you are, you are your past, your past pain, your past hurts, your past trauma, all these different things. You can't escape it, it is who you are, and that those things define who you will be for the rest of your lives. And, when I, and I think about that in, like, in little ways. I think about that in, in character flaws that I have or, or character flaws that I've seen people have. And we just, you know, sometimes we throw up our hands and say, oh, that's just how I was raised. Then I can't escape it. And it's like, can, can we, though? Like, can we renew or rethink about ways differently? And, and I also think about it in big things where I'm sure there were some people in here who, when they walked into their childhood home or when they thought about sitting around a table with their family, it makes them like nervous. Like it makes you like f- experience anxiety and, and all these different things. And so when these little things and the big things, like, are we actually able to give a purpose to our past or do we allow it to control and define us? One, one small example I have. So tiny example. Um, I had a fall retreat with a bunch of students. Um, <laughs> I had a fall retreat with a bunch of students, and we had like a four-hour free time um, on the Saturday, and I was walking around the camp, you know, checking up all, on things, and some people in here know this story. I was checking out different things, and I have like 15 kids run up to me with like their phones and videos, and they're like, Nick, look what happened, and here's what happened. A bunch of kids, the camp, the camp kind of set them up for failure, but they had a bus parked in the woods right next to a huge pile of rocks, right? Um, and what was shown to me on video is just like six kids just hurling rocks at this, at this bus and just shattering all the windows, shattering everything and all these different things. Again, small example, but I got to spend my four hours of free time at that camp sitting down with these kids and just saying, hey, uh, here's a video of you you know, throwing rocks at a bus. Was that you? No, 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 no. Well, here's the video like zoomed in on your face and the rock in your hand. And so I got to sit down and have that fun time. And I remember it it was no fun. Like I hated it. I hated, you know, they're, you know, they're 13 kids, 13 year old kids, it's not their fault. They're just doing stuff. But I remember sitting down with them and going through all that. The very next year I show up at the same camp and I show up and I like, I step foot on the camp campus and I'm walking around and like, I'm like sweating. I'm like nervous. I have anxiety. I'm like, are, the, is, are we going to have just as bad a time last year, this year as we had last year? And the reason that happened was because my body like remembers what I went through and is bringing that up again. And, that, and that's what happens when past things happen. When past pain happens to our bodies and our minds, we remember it. Our bodies remember it. And for better or for worse, it puts us through those experiences again. But what counselors and therapists and all these different people are starting to learn is that instead of running from our past or instead of blaming others for our past, how we actually heal is by confronting our past, dealing with it, and then turning around and renewing our minds, changing our minds to fight the lies that our bodies or that our minds tell us. So instead of running, instead of blaming, what, what, what counselors are really starting to learn nowadays is that running blaming doesn't help you heal, but confronting and thinking differently actually does help you heal. And that just reminds me of Romans 5, which says, we boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given love to us. And Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And so what I want everybody in here to know and understand is that I know, I'm fully aware there are people in here who have had terrible things happen to them, whether at the hands of somebody else, at the hands of a fallen world, or maybe just the consequences of our own actions, like bad things happen. But those bad things don't have to define and control you moving forward and what scripture says and what counselors try to do nowadays is they try to confront it rethink it and heal from it and the purpose that our past can give us is that instead of being controlled or or defined by it we can then turn around and help people who are going through the exact same things when i when i was young in ministry i could talk a lot about pain I couldn't empathize with pain. I didn't know what it felt like yet to like lose a grandfather. I didn't know what it felt like yet to like lose a big relationship that I really cared about. Like we don't know what these things feel like, but when we allow God to give purpose to our pain, that's when we can turn around and truly help others when they are going through the same things. So I want you to know your past is secure. Your past has a purpose. And the second thing is that your present is shaping you. Your present is shaping you. And so the question is, if we have a God in control of everything and the Holy Spirit is working on our behalf, like, how are we spending our time now to fully align our good with God, to align our purpose with God, to align our plan with God? Do we focus on the eternal? Do we spend time in a community with believers? Because we can't just sit back and allow God to handle everything, but we know from scripture and we know just from <laughs> common sense that it also takes us Picking up our Bibles, coming to church, praying like we should, and working on these disciplines to bring our lives in alignment with what God wants for us. How is your presence shaping you? How are you spending your time now? My dad, my dad actually dropped this nugget on us on Thanksgiving. We're sitting around, where he's actually in the room. Uh, we're sitting around talking at Thanksgiving. Everybody was talking about how busy we were. Everybody was saying how we don't have time to do anything. And my dad just looks around the table at my sisters and stuff and just goes, hey, you know, we all have the same amount of time. And that was all he said. And I was like, huh, he's right. He removed all excuses from everything. But we do, we all have the same amount of time, the question is, what are we gonna do with it? And the last thing I want us to know, if our past has a purpose, if our present is shaping us, here's something I also wanna encourage you guys with, is that if we truly believe in these verses in Romans 8 and 26 through 28, if we really believe it, what it means for us is that our future is really, really bright. Is that our future has hope, our future is secure, that we don't have to worry about what's tomorrow, what's next week, what's a year from now, but we can have confidence in the words of, G- or the words of scripture where he says that everything is truly working out for our good. I, I've heard these verses a lot when, when pain happens um, and that's appropriate, like, right? Like, like these verses giving incredible comfort um, when, when the worst of all imaginable things happen. Um, and here's my joke. I actually heard this verse quoted by Dabo Sweeney in a post-game press conference yesterday (laughs) uh, after the Clemson loss. uh, He actually quoted these verses saying, all things work together for good. And And it's true, all things do work together for good. But these verses also give us great encouragement. And I know that because just a couple verses later, this truth right here that all things work together for good informed Paul to write this. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We live in a fallen world. Where, where if sometimes it feels like problems and pain are around like every corner. And I can't tell you what's gonna to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you what's gonna happen a week from now. I can't tell you what's gonna happen a year from now, but what I can know for sure is that no matter what happens, that the Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes for our good, and I have hope in that, and I have hope in what the Word of God says. And my prayer for all believers in this room is that we can truly have this hope that even though we don't know what's coming next, even though we can't predict the future, that God's got our best and God's working behind the scenes for our good. And we have hope in that. And so my question for everybody in here is just simply, do you have that hope? Do you have hope in the future? Do you, do you even believe that your past has a purpose? Because terrible things can happen and pain can happen and hurt can happen. But when you apply God to these situations, amazing things can happen. And what I find myself doing in life sometimes is like I come to God with my problems and I come to God with things and I think God hears these big problems. What are you going to do when in reality it's like, hey, we serve a big God and these problems are actually really small when we bring them to him. So do we have this hope that everything's going to work out? Because I know for everybody in this room, if the Holy Spirit's living in you, we're longing for this day where Jesus will come back or we'll leave this earth where we'll be standing in front of the throne room of God. We're all hurt, all pain, everything will be erased. And I'm confident in what Paul says, that the sufferings of this present time are worth it to get us to that place. So let's have hope that our past has a purpose, our, future is shaping, our present is shaping us, and that our future is bright if we're following after God. And, and the encouragement also I wanna give everybody in here is that if you do have this hope, and, and I have it and I hope you do as well, There are a lot of people living in our communities. There's a lot of people living at your work and in the world around us that don't have this hope, that are living life day to day, always wondering what's around every corner. And I can't imagine what it would be like to go through pain in the absence of the love of Jesus and the truth that he's working for our good. So let's share this hope. Let's let's firm up this hope within ourselves and then turn around and share it with those around us. Would you pray with me?